0: Welcome to the Truth 316 Podcast, the place that we honor that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Our prayer is that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. It's been a long time since I posted a Truth 316 Podcast. Since partnering up with Pastor Matt Grimm on Planet, I've uh, not really neglected this podcast, but simply allowed the Planet podcast to be merged into this True 316 feed. Today, uh, this podcast is a recording from our last Hebrews class, which is a study in the middle portion of chapter 12. I hope you'll enjoy the discussion. Well... After all those announcements, birthdays, and anniversaries, I feel so young. So thank you for that. Wow. (laughs) Your day
1: is coming. Be careful, buddy. Be
0: careful. You can still take me out, I know. Well, we are closing in on the finish of our book of Hebrews study and the Hebrews and the heroes of the faith, and it's been quite an incredible study. I have about a 3% chance of getting through this without getting emotional today. Uh, that surprises most of you except for Pastor Matt, who <laughs> says you're just a big softy anyways, but it um, goes already. After today's message. I was astounded at the number of parallels. You?
2: Yeah.
0: Amazed. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was right through our study, you guys, and it's going to be more so today. So when the Spirit is moving, uh, it's just a good thing, and so we'll trust Him with that. Gene, it's good to see you here. Love you. Well... Any questions over the last uh, 17 weeks? <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what study this actually is, but it's, it's, it's got to be close to that. And we had started um, in the, through the Bible class prior to even getting um, going outside in the, in the summer months in the, in the Big Tent revival that we had. Um, in a manner of quick review from what Pastor Matt shared with us last week, It was uh, the close of chapter 11. He did a summary on and then went into chapter 12 for us. Talked about the martyrs, which is just really a word for for witnesses. When we think of martyrs, we think of those who die for their faith. Well, this is why. Because they're witnesses for Christ, and it's a hostile world. And many there are that die for their faith. Not so much here in the United States yet. You know, as far as the mission fields, the United States has been sending missions around the world because this was the heart of the of the Bible belt for the for the entire world for a long time and now guess what they're sending they're sending- evangelists our direction and missionaries our direction because they see that this nation has grown cold for the most part. Many churches have forsaken the true gospel for one that tickles the ears and that's why the churches are absolutely packed at some of these places because they just give them what they want to hear well the word is true and righteous and it must be taught faithfully and therefore we must be faithful followers part of that is suffering and submission we've been talking about that Uh, suffering uh, Pastor Matt handled uh, last week and it was Interesting to hear um, some of the correspondence in class, but the suffering that we're talking about is suffering for Christ, and it is absolutely something that is defined, in particular, in this aspect of suffering for an outside source of persecution coming in. Okay, so we have to differentiate what what that is. This is kind of more of being persecuted for the one in whom we represent. Um, Submission, on the other hand, is more of an internal thing. I think it's the same, if not more powerful, um, of a struggle that we go through because submitting is very, very difficult. Why? Because it affects my pride. And I hate going against my pride, right? But the Lord will bring me to my knees and hopefully you as well because it's there that we're refined as fire purifies gold, talked about uh, that Satan is defeated by the word of their testimony. It's that's interesting. That's, that's the witnesses. That's us. That's those who proclaim the word of Christ. So it's not really about us. It's about the word that we proclaim, right? The capital W there, the Logos, the eternal word, the one who was with the Father from the beginning, face-to-face with him. If we look at John 1, 1, right? Face-to-face, but he not only was with God, he was. He was God, He is God. He's the eternal one. He's the eternal word made flesh. We talked about love and discipline. We were taught to meditate or consider the way of Jesus and to expect discipline. So discipline, this should be differentiated from suffering, but we're to expect it because just in the way of Father, human fathers discipline our own children for love's sake. So does the Father in heaven discipline us? And then pain and discipline yields peaceful fruit. that good enough pastor all right if you want to hear more about um, suffering and stuff make sure you check out the planet podcast that's pastor matt's um, podcast i join him on that and i'm mostly there for comic relief but otherwise it's a it's good discussion and we talk about some of these matters and we just have we have a discussion but it's a very biblical based biblically based and um, also you'll want to sign up. you can just take a picture of that QR code if you if you want to it'll it'll pull you right into it. But then you'll have uh, eventually here Pastor Chris is going to be on the next podcast that, that we're doing, and so that was uh, that was actually a good interview. you didn't You didn't say I had to edit any of that yet, so is it good to go?
3: Chris.
0: I'm, I'm not asking anybody. I think it's good to go, so it is. all right let's uh let's go on to our study. Any thoughts? Well, I have a sip of water.
3: You might
2: send the URL to that podcast through the email. Just so okay.
0: Just That's great. I sure will. It's also on the church website. You can go to it and search that way. That's a good way to do it. <clears throat> so... I know we've already done verse 1 and 2, but I did want to spend a a minute in this because I didn't think Matt did an adequate job. (laughs)
3: Every time.
0: (laughs) I'm just teasing, but there is something that uh, really uh, really helps us to understand this book from where we began, and it, it all takes place in who Christ is for His church. So let's take a look, and then we'll, we'll ramp up and spend some time in this. I've got you for the next two classes. Next week, though, we have missionaries, right? Right. So do we know who that is yet for this class? We don't. We don't know. Okay. So come and listen to the missionaries, and then I'll, I'll, I'll follow up. Am I the concluding class next week for this? There'll be one more. There'll still be one more? Yeah. Am I doing that one? <laughs> I would not let you do that. <laughs> two, two, and out. Okay, I see how this goes. That'll be enough for class today. The doors are on. The... Therefore. I've been warned to just say hi and goodbye. <laughs> for the missionaries. For the missionaries, yeah. Just do the proper introduction. Yeah. Good. Let's uh, take a look at these first couple verses again. It says, therefore. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. I like that. Okay, so that's the endurance part of it, right? What makes this uh, meaningful to us here? The joy that was set before whom? Jesus. Interesting. In what manner? What's what's the following setup? The joy that was for, for Christ, when, how? Huh?
1: inheritance.
0: Yeah, that's part of it, but first he had to do what? The cross. cross. He, had to endure the, he had to endure the cross. That's weird, isn't it, to say the joy that was set before him in the cross? That's his passion. That's, that's his passion because of his love for those whom the Father chose, whom he laid his life down for. Am I speaking loud enough? Can you all hear me okay? I sometimes get quiet. I'm not like Pastor Matt. <laughs> <clears throat> despising the shame, Christ, despising the shame, That's, that takes us to Old Testament verses, Psalm 22, Isaiah 53, a man of no reputation, right? He was despised. Michael? Can, that?
1: can I go back to the first part of 12? You sure Although, can? Um, we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. That's both present and past tense. All of the 16 saints they're talking about in the Old Testament, right in the are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. So some people kind of look at the Old Testament for the heroes of the faith, and they forget that they're heroes in the throne, right. and their righteousness, and encourage for each other. Mm-hmm.
0: That's great. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. That's that's so important to, to know, and we're going to get into some more of that. Um, One other
3: thought, too, In the verse two are fixing our eyes or looking onto Jesus, you know. Uh, Got to keep your focus. Mm-hmm. So easy to, in this world to
0: get lose your focus. Right? You
3: Newsfeed know, news
0: feed and all of that. Who does it say, yeah, who does it say that Jesus is looking unto Jesus? What what does that mean? What does that mean?
1: all from the beginning, he'll still be there
0: from the beginning to the end. The author The one that gives. I'm sorry. He
1: completed our salvation. He was the one that allow
0: us to have the right to be in yeah. salvation. Okay, yep. So, yep. So, salvation granted. Anything else on that?
2: election is actually the beginning and the end of our faith. He begins it as author, he finishes it. It's closed, it's in us. Right. It's a faith that cannot be taken away.
0: Great.
1: When he, when he sat down with the Father at the right hand, that finished. It was finished.
0: Yeah, yeah, we we have that to tell us that it is finished message. And uh, there's going to be another one of those that's going to come up here in a little bit too. So thanks for that. The author and the finisher of our faith. Let's take a look. The author and finisher of our faith. I was interested when I was I was reading this because um, if you're looking at your own scriptures, I'm not sure which version you read. This is actually from the New King James Version, but the word. What I like about King James is the authorized version, 1611 edition, blah, blah, blah. The new King James version, what I like about it, it uses the Texas Receptus um, aspect, but it makes notes for every place that it differences from, and differs and varies from the more recent texts that have been found, like the Dead, Soul, Dead Sea Scrolls and some of the other uh scriptures, of which many more have been found, and we're getting earlier and earlier editions, which helps us to understand not that the Word of God is changing, but that it's been, um, there's been some modifiers over, over time that may or may not change, um, not big things by the way, but just change the way that we, we see the Scripture. So I happen to notice in my New King James, and the reason that I read the New King James uh, primarily is because that's kind of what I ra- was raised on, and that's what I have done some Bible verse memorization on, and if you've ever done that and then changed and tried to read a different version, it's it's almost impossible. In fact, it's like you can't. You want to say the next word that you've remembered or, or heard so many times, right? Anyways, the word. Um, let's take a look at these. Uh, the author and finisher of our faith, New King James. The author and perfecter of our faith, the NIV. The founder and perfecter of our faith, ESV. The originator and perfecter of faith, Lexham English and the author and perfecter of faith, NASB. So if we look at that, that first noun there, author, author, founder, originator, author, no no real big deal there, no real variance there. Um, how about the uh, next one? Finisher, perfecter, and the rest are perfecter. No real big deal there. Um, how about of our faith, of our faith, of our faith, of faith, of faith. So what, what I've found, when I was looking at my New King James, the word our was actually italicized and it was leading uh, to find out that that word was something that was added, was not in the, the earlier text. So the, the proper one is the originator and perfecter of faith or of the faith. Okay, Now that's not wrong for us to say of our faith because certainly where we are... Sticking with the harmony of the scriptures, uh, we get to use the entire Bible, don't we? It's not only sola scriptura, but it's tota scriptura, the entirety of the Bible. And we have to harmonize with all of that. So we don't have to, if this makes you think that it's not of our faith, we have other scriptures that speak more directly to that. But what's interesting about this is that uh, this is speaking of Christ, the author um, and finisher or champion of faith, of the faith. And that's because he, Christ, was the faithful one. Not everybody good? All right, you understand? He's the one that's that's faithful. He's the one that perfected the faith. And so when we look at it that way, sure, he perfects our faith, but I want to know, I want to know what the author wrote. And so that's why I'm kind of being a little bit Picky about this in, in a sense, uh, because, it, like I said, it doesn't change any doctrine and it doesn't change the truth about him being the, the author and finisher of our faith. He's actually of the faith, and that's that's the true faith that we actually believe in. Okay, but just understand that this is a little bit different than it might be in Philippians 1:6. Okay, so what's that say, John? He, he
3: who began the
0: good work in Right. He who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it. That one talks about the one who began the work of grace, right? And not only that, not only does he begin it, but he, right, that, that takes away all the accounts of possibility of losing your salvation if you truly are in Christ. If he, if he calls you and you answer that spirit, which you will, because his call is effectual, right, then it says not only does he call and is he the grantor of your faith, but he is the one that perfects it. So can I hold on to my own faith if it wasn't for Christ? No, are you kidding me? I didn't begin this thing on. There's no way I'm going to be able to walk it out. Right? This is why it's grace from the beginning to end. Yeah, Curtis? I like the way it
1: says to fix your eyes on the perfecter because there's only one who's perfect. Give the
0: example. That's absolutely correct. Yeah, that's excellent. Thank you. Michael? Um, I always
1: thought of faith not as a personal pronoun, but faith exists and you appropriate that faith by believing in Christ. The faith is not something that's ours. It belongs to everybody in the world if they appropriate it to come to Christ.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's a little distinction difference. Yeah, can, I suppose.
0: I'm not surprised with you. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Yeah, John.
2: But the, but the joy of being perfecter of our faith indicates that there's an ongoing perfection continuum to take place in us it's not it's perfect it's not perfect yet though we believe but that perfection increases over time until we are with the one who gave us that
0: perfect faith. exactly right yes, exactly right and, and continuing on with uh, where we had from that did you have anything Pastor Matt?
3: I think just it's, it, it's also I think it's communicating that as the truly human one he also demonstrated faith, that the Father would do exactly what he said he was gonna do. And, and so he's the author and perfecter of faith in the sense that he himself, as a human, also had to be faithful, and his faithfulness was putting his trust in the fact that the cross would do its job and he would be raised from the dead and seated at the right hand of the Father.
0: Yeah, absolutely correct. Good, thank you.
1: Uh, That happens to be my life verse, and I use it as a promise uh, from God that He's going to keep uh, working on me uh, until He takes me home, but I claim that promise.
0: Thank you. That's great. That's a great verse to have as your life verse, too. I'm going to make it mine. I like it. When Jesus
2: prayed, Father, why have you forsaken me? What was that evidence of?
0: I think... Well, this is a huge question, by the way. And John just took us off the rails for about twenty minutes. If I, we go too far <laughs> down this, <laughs> so ask the question how you want me to answer it. Ask the question. You're
2: the, you're the teacher. <laughs> I know, but
0: <laughs> what's the question? When G- the question is, is a statement of Jesus stating? Uh, remember when he's on the cross and he says, "My God, My God, or Eloi, Eloi, Sebacte, so and I, well, I, I." I I Right. The
3: answer uh, to me is Second um, Corinthians 5.28. He who knew no sin became sin. Okay. It's yeah. at
0: that moment. That's, a, that's, that's, that's good and that's well-rounded. Yep. Yeah. Was, was Christ forsaken on the cross? Experiencing the wrath of God would have to be being forsaken wouldn't it necessarily yeah, uh, it's, it, it, this, is the, this is the part that I wrestle with um, was there ever a moment that Christ was outside of the fellowship of the Father
1: sin
2: God can't look at sin And the creed that says
3: he descended
1: into hell so I think what's communicated there is that a sort of a separation, or at least that's what my understanding of that would
0: be. Yeah, that's another 20 minutes, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry,
1: yeah, Michael. All right, so you and Matt,
0: can you see why? Because not forsaking me,
1: so not that he was forsaking he's asking why. Not necessarily you have forsaken me, but it's
0: a like query. Okay. Here, yeah, yeah, did you have something, Jim? All right, Matthew.
3: Right. I think we have, you need to, in context, understand that he's quoting Psalm 22.
0: There's the ticket.
3: Right? And you need to read all of Psalm 22, right. not just the first verse. Second hand. Because the end of it says that they shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn that he has done it. That same idea of finished is there. So it's in context, the entirety, I think, of Psalm 22
0: that you need to consider. That's, that's really um, what I wanted to say, and it would take me a lot longer to say it, so thanks for <laughs> keeping it short. But do you think the Jews that were around the cross that were looking upon uh, their best friend knew the Old Testament? So when Christ starts quoting from the psalm, they knew, the whole thing. they knew the whole thing. They would have received that imagery much more broadly and deeply than just the, the fact that thinking, oh, you know, maybe he's, he's just crying out, um, thinking that God's abandoned him. Now, do I believe that Christ was, but while he was in our shoes, he was enduring our, the, the Lord's wrath on our behalf, right? So that's absolutely true. Uh, that was judgment that was taking place, but I think, as Pastor Matt was was, was alluding to and properly stating, is it? It's 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 more than that. It's more than that. It speaks all the way to the end of that, where it explains that he has now accomplished the mission. Okay, John. Well, we see that Christ
2: died for sin, but He was never alive to sin. And that's what we must realize, that the sin of His people was placed upon Him, and it had to be His innocence that allowed Him to take our transgression. Right. So, in that sense, He carried our sin load, our filth, our dirt. But when He was risen, there, there was complete exoneration of his having anything to do with things because he was the only one who could die for sin and still die to sin. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's so much that can be said, and this is fun. Um,
3: there's one other thing, and one way that I have looked at it is because I, I would often used to say God can't be in the presence of sin. Mm-hmm. But really, the idea there is that the reason is that sin can't be in the presence of God because it will be utterly destroyed. Does any sinful thing before a holy God will be destroyed? So the reason God isn't in the presence of sin is for our protection, mm-hmm. right? So if you even think about the tabernacle, right, the sacrifices and all those things were there to provide a covering so that God could be in the presence of sinners. So God can has actually found a way to be in the presence of sin, and it is through Christ, our covering. And so Christ allows us, He's forsaken for us in the sense that He provides that covering, He pays the penalty, He pays the price. But God can be in the presence of sin if there's a covering for us, so that we can be. So God has found a way through the gracious work of the cross and through redemption to be in the presence of sinners. And that's why the Holy Spirit can live in us through the covering of Christ, right? So in that sense, it's, it's the, that whole idea of God can't be in the presence of sin, it's because so, it's, it's we need protection from Him, right? It's not that He needs protection from sin. He doesn't need protection from sin because He obliterates sin, right? right. And so, so I think thinking of it in that way helps us understand what the sacrifice of Christ is really doing for us. It's, bringing us, it's enabling the presence of God to be with us
0: despite ourselves. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks. Take a look at the Greek because I know you guys are all rehearsed in this. Yeah, Drema. Sorry, Drema.
1: One other thing too, is, and this is just kind of a sidebar and not really deep into what you're saying, but he was in human form and how many times have any of us ever felt like God had deserted us? Has, has there ever been a time that any Perception. of us have not felt that?
0: That's a good point. Yeah. And, and it's, I
1: think this is another example to us.
0: Right. No, but I think it's. Uh, so great. I think it, it coexists exist with, with the rest of it. Thanks, yeah. Thanks for yeah. saying that. Yeah, I wasn't trying to negate it altogether. No,
1: no, no. Yeah. It wasn't
0: implying that. Yeah, okay. Thanks. So the Greek there, when you look at the word author, you can see um, the first four letters of that Greek word, um, ark. We know that from archangel, right? The highest or the supreme. So we see the, the author can come from that word. But take a look at finisher. Do you recognize the word in that Greek? Tele- television? Te- television? <laughs> style. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Finisher. Right Now this particular use of this word is, not, is found nowhere else in Scripture. Um, the, the lima, or the original word, or the root is all over the place, but this particular version, we're not exactly sure what to do with it, so that's kind of why they um, use it as a perfecter or um, even champion possibly of our faith, which um, does, when are you talking about Jesus as our champion was that out there that, a year ago or was that in this class
3: both
0: you've both. You, you never stopped saying it <laughs> <laughs> the New Living
3: Translation uses, uses trams, not a champion
0: oh does it mm-hmm. okay so that's a paraphrased uh, version of, of the scriptures the New Living Translation so that's that's cool <clears throat>
1: let's
0: take a look at this again in context. Uh, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith, of the faith. There is a direct, or excuse me, a definite article in there. It's It's uh, the, uh, the faith of the one for who the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He sat down, and he sat down at the right hand of God. So when it's finished, he sat down. Right? He says it from the cross. It is finished. That was the payment for the cross. Um, and then when he goes into the grave for, for three days and three nights. He then is raised to life. Okay, He's raised to life and he walks the earth for 40 days and then he has his ascension, right? part of this, Pastor Matt, I mean, obviously we get the word ascension from his session where he, he is seated and when he sits down, he is now taking his place on the throne of his kingdom, his kingdom Uh, was alive and well while he was on the planet 2,000 years ago because he said, if you've seen these miracles, the kingdom of God has come unto you. And where the king is present, the kingdom of God exists. So when Christ was raised, the kingdom of God left planet Earth for maybe a a hay second. It never really did. But 10 days after the uh, ascension, we have the Holy Spirit come. Right? I will send a comforter unto you. And we have Christ. Where's the tabernacle of God now? Right yeah. Who's Who's the body of Christ now? Where the body exists, the kingdom exists? Yeah, the kingdom of God. It's existing now. So the kingdom of God is alive yeah, and present now. <laughs> hey. So... Yeah. So don't grow weary. Don't grow, don't grow weary. All the way back to chapter one. We're not going to do the whole thing, but long ago, many times, in many ways, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom He also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, and the exact imprint of his nature that's the essence he upholds the universe by the word of his power after making purifications for sin he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high having become as much superior to angels as the name as he has inherited is more excellent than theirs um this is the whole thing this is our champion Right, and the first chapter of Hebrews is all about how he's superior to the angels, he's superior to the man and it just exalts him all the way to the throne room what it ends up saying is that he is God Right, it just speaks to the, to the triune, the eternal triune God and we have this eternal covenant between the Father and the Son, the Spirit, the Trinity where the Son volunteers to humble himself to, to go on, to put on flesh And he was very rich when he was younger and everybody looked up to him and never treated him bad and all was well, right? And he just became a king. No. Humility, despised of men, persecuted, scourged to the cross for our sake. This is God in the flesh. And he conquers death. He is our champion. He is the one king and he is the true faithful one because he did accomplish all things that he set out to do. All right. That was just for fun, and now we'll go into our lesson. (laughs) (laughs) But we can't really. We have to just do a a couple of verses. What time do we have to stop? 17 minutes. 17 minutes? That's pretty specific. (laughs) Some of us will stay longer. <laughs> okay. All right, let's go. Uh, so just in a, we have to, I tried going into, into verse 12. Here, I'll just, I'll show you real quick. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths of your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed. It's tough without context, isn't it? So this is why we, this is why we have to go back. Verse 7, let's read it through. For they disciplined us for a short time as it seems best to them. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So discipline is a must. It's because we have a loving father. And therefore... Lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight the paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed. In other words, we have a promise of suffering and a discipline to be submissive, of course, to the Lord, first and foremost, but to those around us, including government sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Things that we don't like, absolutely. Submissive to our spouses, yuck. Hmm. We did, did I say that out loud
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I can never tell. she's is. not here right it now <laughs> uh, I'll just change the recording <laughs> I can't know how to edit but because of all these things we're not to be pitying ourselves and just look at our weakness and say woe is me I can't do anything rightly I can't move forward I'm of no good we heard that passage this morning in there ah uh-uh. this is basically saying buckle up not that it's about us being able to lift ourselves up by the bootstraps but yeah this is about discipline and we have to plug in because he has called us and has given us the ability to do so so this is saying uh, no more worrying about the discipline by the way There's probably not too many of us that have been persecuted for our faith here. Okay. Pursue with peace, or pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for a... For one morsel of food for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. Fall short of grace? Thoughts. In what sense? Was it
3: in genuine repentance?
0: Looking carefully, lest anyone falls short of the grace of God, and genuine repentance. Okay, correct. Um, let's keep in mind the rest of Hebrews there. What this book was written to a lot, a lot of Jews primarily, right? Um, and what was their struggle with um, with the gospel and the ceremonial law? What was the trouble with with coming to Christ? Did did they accept Christ and automatically forsake? pretty easily the Old Testament laws? No, no right? They were, they were wanted to hold on to them, right? They still wanted to do the sacrifices, and this, um, the author of Hebrews had already been scolding them earlier because saying, listen, you can't have Christ and still want to have a sacrifice for sins. It doesn't work, right? In fact, none of those blood sacrifices ever forgave sin, right? It was only Jesus Christ who forgives them all perfectly on your behalf, so you can't have um, this grace of christ and then still just want to keep the law that doesn't that doesn't work and so with this um when you fall short of the grace of god there's part of this that is saying um i want to i still want it to be about me a little bit i'm pretty happy with my performance and uh you know this is something that we have a hard time shaking because uh, we would say good people i mean the general rule is that people are generally good in a spiritual sense is that true of anybody no, so we have a misconception, right? The actual um, true biblical point of view or biblical worldview is that, no, you're... No, not one. No, not one, right? Where we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that we all hate God and we're all enemies of God. None of us feel that way before we're saved, but that's the truth of it. And when we look back, we say, yeah, I guess I did pretty much. I rebelled, I was rebellious, and um, I wanted to serve self. And there's still some of that old man that wants to do that, but grace has come and changed my heart gave me a heart of flesh so my spirit is in tune with his spirit and I want to follow him and so I still have this struggle and it's the Roman 7 scenario to a degree isn't it? Isn't it? That which I want to do, I don't want to do I know we already had this discussion but yeah John, thanks for saving me well, the world is filled with Esau we think oftentimes that we are not like Esau but the country is
2: across globe are filled with esau's who are looking for everything they can get now until it comes time to die and they find the rejection and there's no place for repentance we see that in everyday life this is not unique in itself but in matter of fact it's the paradigm of what we see in the natural man
0: Mm -hmm.
3: across all the nations
0: that's very well said
3: I don't know if you're going to get into this, the story of Jacob and Esau and just talk a little bit about what happened there. But in terms of the... After the decision was made and the blessing was taken away from Esau, and is that he went back to his dad. Sorry, but what he wanted is he wanted mm-hmm. God through Isaac to change his mind and give him the blessing back. So he, in that sense... He wasn't, he was sorry, but he wasn't necessarily repent, truly repentant because the, the, he, want, he didn't want to change his mind. He wanted God through Isaac to change his mind. Mm. Right? Because he, and so in that sense, he was, he, he felt bad and was sorry for what he had done, but he didn't want to, still didn't want to accept God's decision. Right. Right? And so in that sense, there's no place for that because he, he really didn't truly submit to what God had done
0: right yeah that's that's great And yeah,
3: the godly godly sorrow versus worldly sorrow Second
1: Timothy yeah. 7 right
0: yeah he yeah.
1: turned into anger where he wanted to kill his brother
0: yeah wanted yeah, to kill him yeah yeah Michael sorry
1: and That's explanation is really important because all of us have come across Christians who see verse 17 because they think they've sinned so great they can't get back to God's grace so they live outside that grace and so Matt's explanation is really important to understand. It's not about our our sins; it's about the intent and the direction, as Matt
0: explained. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly right.
1: John one night, if you confess, and He will forgive and cleanse such a great. Verse.
0: It is, and when we were doing our study um, nine weeks ago, in, in chapter six, right? We went over some of those tough verses for it is impossible for those who have been enlightened right and all that if they should fall away it's impossible to renew them again unto repentance That parallels very much um, the unforgivable sin what did we decide about that that's well it's while you are still wanting to again he was speaking to the Jews right they were still trying to do their temple sacrifice right they weren't accepting the one who paid it all so while you're in that state, which is, as um, Jim just mentioned, the, like the First John 1-9 scenario, right? If we repent of our sins, well, repent has to do with what Pastor Matt was, was saying, right? Repent and feeling sorry for is, is, is two, different, two different things. And so to truly repent is to forsake all for the truth of what Christ has accomplished. Okay, we'll do this last one here, because i got four and a half minutes.
1: No, seven and a half.
0: Oh, right. <laughs> I'm a pessimist. All right. Uh, for you who have not come to what may be touched. This is this is big. We'll, we'll pick this up um, next time as well. but. Anyways, for you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words may be hearers. What? Thank you. I I just see what I did. I changed over to the ESV in my copy of notes. I can't read it properly. Where was I? And the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words were made, whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given, that was given. Even if even a beast touches the mountains, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. What's the scene here? Mount Mount Sinai, right? scary scary things here the thunder and the shaking and the voice of god and all of this stuff and the warnings to not go into the mountain at first there's i'm not going to go there then you call everybody to the mountain it seems like at first pastor is that what we talked about just yeah, it's, it's debatable right and then you can't then then nobody comes um even a beast so they were scared to death the fear of god was uh true and righteous here and uh The thing about this is that uh, how do we look at this in light of the gospel? This is, yeah, go ahead, Kevin.
1: Our great high priest has made us pure so that we can approach the mountain without fear because as God's purified priests, we can be in in communion with him in his temple so that he can establish order in his creation through his royal priesthood.
0: That's great. Thanks. Anything else that I see a hand over here? Comment? Just trying to see where I want to go for a second. So, let's talk about two mountains. There's Mount Zion and there's Mount Sinai. Right? This is Mount Sinai with the fear and the shaking. Mount Zion, what's that? Jerusalem, Jerusalem where the tabernacle is. Um, there's Mount Calvary, right, where, where judgment takes place as well. But um, Zion has more than just a physical aspect of location to it. And um, if you will, a temporal earthly thing, right? When we talk about Zion, that also extends into the future. Why? Right. So we have, we're talking about um, the presence of God. So we have Mount Sinai where the presence of the Lord is, where he gives his law to his people, and the, all the temple sacrifice uh, rules and laws and the instruction sheets for building the tabernacle. And then we have the one who is the temple of God, Christ, Christ that says, tear down this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up again. And he wasn't speaking of the physical one, was he? No. Nope. And then he ascends into his throne, a heavenly, bigger, larger reality of the temple area, which is indeed the throne room of God. If you recall, back all the way in the Old Testament with Moses, Exodus 12, 16 through 16, and forward all the way into Leviticus, we see that the feast days are established and then the tabernacle. But when the Lord comes in, it, with His people, He says, I want to dwell with you. And that's why they build the tabernacle, right? What? As you go from the outer court towards the inner court and proceed all the way in, where do we end up? The Holy of Holies. Holy of Holies. What? What's inside the Holy of Holies? The kind of, of kind of glory of God. I heard the mercy seat, which covers the... The Ark of the Covenant, altar, the, the, the altar of incense is just out there, and God. The mercy seat between the cherubim is the kind of glory, the presence of God on. That's a throne room. That's a throne room, right? So he wasn't he was in the presence of his people, he was on his throne in the presence of his people. The kingdom of God existed, but it existed within the camp, right? Who, that camp, was to be a light unto the nations. In, in you, Abraham, all the nations will be... How does Israel do with that mission? Not so, great. Not, not so great. How are we doing with it? How are you doing with it? How am I doing with it? Yikes. Right? But, yeah, God always fulfills his eternal purposes and the means that he chooses. Ordinary people, as Pastor Chris was saying here, is... It's beyond comprehension and that's why the world hates it because it doesn't make sense. But God says, my ways are higher than your ways and I will accomplish my mission by my means. And guess what? He calls us to partake in that mission. Church, it's, it's, it's about shining the light of Christ. By, by the word of our testimony, the scripture just got through saying a few minutes ago, your testimony is got to be about Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, you are almighty and sovereign, and you have come to us in power, and you have spoken to us by your word, the word of Christ, the one who stepped into the flesh, the living word. You saved us in spite of ourselves while we, while we hated you, you died for us. We thank you for the redemption that you give us. We thank you for the atonement of your covering blood, the blood that was sprinkled on the mercy seat that satisfies your wrath, that eliminates our sin as far as east is from west that grants us not only permission but makes us residents of that eternal place in reality now and yet we're still in this time of already so it's it's already happened that we are um, in your kingdom but it's not yet because you've You've given us a mission, Lord. You've given us a mission to shine our light, which is your light, to the world around us. And so as we are your church on the streets, uh, as we uh, do the life chain today, is that today at (coughs) 3? Today? With the 2 o'clock? Lord, we uh, pray that you'll go before us and that uh, we will represent you in the wisdom of your truth about the preciousness of life. And we pray that people's hearts would be changed by your spirit with us this day and this week and uh, help us to glorify you in all that we do in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day, everybody.